Welcome back, friends. You're listening to Parenting for the Culture, and I am your host, Cherise Sims, and this is the Black Love Podcast Network. It has been about a week since we've been back, and if you are alive and a parent, then you probably know that it's back to school time. And I have not been here because I have been busy with all of the back to school things. And you're probably wondering what that looks like, because if you have followed me for a little while, you know that I am a homeschool mama. So you might be wondering what homeschool back to school looks like. And we're going to get into that today and all of what back to school looks like for me this year. But before we start, I want to start with the pit and peak of my day. This is something that we always do as a family at the dinner table. It's where we share the best part of our day and the worst part of our day. And it's a great way to open up conversation to find out what is going on in one another's life so we can still support each other. So the pit of my day, I like to start on the bad part so I can end on a high note. Um, I don't think I, I really don't think I have a pit today. I would like to share one. I don't think I have one. If I had to choose one, it would be that it is hot in Los Angeles right now, like very hot, like walk outside and start sweating the moment you step outside type hot. Uh, And it shouldn't be that way in LA. (laughs) Uh, We need to work on this climate change and global warming because I don't like it. I'm in LA paying $50,000 a month to live here for the weather and the weather is leaving us. Uh, So that would be the pit of my day. And my house does not have central AC, which is another problem and makes it very hard to deal with these hot days. Uh, But the peak of my day, so I have two peaks in my day. One peak is this morning at 10 a.m. I got to host a webinar and have a conversation with a new friend who lives in London. And I just think that's really awesome to be able to reach people all over the world and connect with people. And I really value social media and technology for that reason, for the way that it can connect us across oceans and everything else. And she also had the most amazing British accent, which I tried really hard not to copy, (laughs) but I loved it. So that was one peak of my day. The second peak of my day was driving in the car with my son when he says, mommy, I love you. And I say, Daniel, I love you too. And then he says, no, mommy, I love you the most. And I say, no, I love you the most. And then he says, I love you 10. And I said, well, I love you 11. Now we're working on our counting (laughs) because this conversation continued up to, I love you 39. And it ended with my son saying, mommy, I love you all the way to Starbucks. And that's when I knew. I was like, this boy loves me. Like, not only does he know about Starbucks and my love for Starbucks, but he loves me all the way to Starbucks. So that was the peak of my day. Um, So let's talk about back to school. This year, I am a half homeschooling mama. So I have three children who are homeschooling. The 12-year-old, 11-year-old, and 9-year-old are all still homeschooling this year. And the three younger ones who are seven and twins who are four, they have all gone to traditional school. And for them, it is their first time in traditional school. Uh, The seven-year-old is in second grade. The four-year-olds are in UTK. Do y'all know what UTK is? Like, this is a new thing that they're doing. Like, when I went to school, it was preschool, (laughs) kindergarten, right? And then it was, I became an adult and there was like, preschool, kindergarten still. And then there was like early preschool. I don't even know. And I'm a preschool teacher. I still don't know what it's called. So anyways, there's this new UTK, which is universal transitional kindergarten. And they're in that program. 
And you might be wondering why. <laughs> why, Miss Sharice, did you send the three younger ones to school and the older ones are still home? Why is not everybody in school? Or why is not everybody home? And so I'll tell you about that. And it's actually I, I kind of want to share it with you because I did share it with one of my mama friends and it was helpful to her in the realm of mom guilt because a lot of times as moms, we are always trying to make these different decisions and do what we think is best for our child kind of based on other things and feeling like we need to do the things for our child for life to be best for them. I don't know if that makes sense. So just stick with me and I'll explain. Um, so I, every year I kind of ask my children, and this started with the pandemic, right? Like we, the pandemic started March of 2020. My children were doing, the ones that were in elementary school were doing remote learning. That really didn't work. They weren't engaged. They weren't getting the support they needed. So when the following year started, I just asked them, I said, do you guys want to do remote school again? Or do you want to just homeschool and create our own curriculum? And they all said, we want to homeschool. We want to do our own curriculum. I don't enjoy being on the computer. I don't enjoy remote learning. I don't want to do that. And so for me, I said, fine, um, because we had the time, space and opportunity to do that. And I did not feel like remote learning was meeting their educational needs, their developmental needs. And that is, that's no disrespect to the teachers, right? But everything was brand new for everybody. So all the teachers were taking webinars and they were learning how to teach online. And then children were learning online as their teachers were learning how to teach online. And as most of us know, a lot of scores in reading, writing, math, all of them have gone down since the pandemic because of the educational gaps that happened during the pandemic. And as an educator, I could kind of see that that might be something that was going to happen back in 2020. So I personally felt like we had nothing to lose by not forcing them to do remote learning. And at the time also, it was it was really important to me that my children were protected mentally and emotionally. I felt like I really didn't know what the pandemic was going to look like or what it was going to bring. I didn't know if we were going to lose anybody close to us. I had fears that we might lose someone in our own household or immediate family. Uh, and I think, you know, most of you can probably kind of remember those fears and what it felt like at the beginning when things were so new. So for me, the primary focus was how do I make this as happy a time as possible? How can we create memories and create a space where when we look back on this, it was not the worst period of time, but we remember throwing, I lost my first tooth parties and throwing, you know, we threw all kinds of random parties. My son broke his leg. We threw a party. My daughter lost her tooth. We threw a party. Somebody wanted to do a fashion show. We had a fashion show. And so I feel like I succeeded in that. We have a lot of great memories from these past two years. But as schools started to open up, which was last year, but we still didn't exactly know what it was going to look like. Last year, again, I asked my children, do you want to go back to school or do you want to continue to homeschool? And at the time, my children had their own anxieties about COVID, about catching COVID, spreading COVID, about the vaccine, about regular tests and things up their nose. And so they really didn't want to go to school. And if you if you all remember last year, there was a lot of like, if someone in the class gets COVID, everybody's going home. And so the inconsistency of what it looked like at the time was unappealing to all of us. So the children chose to homeschool again last year. Then this year, 
you know, things are looking better. So I asked the kids again, what do you want to do this year? Now, I recognize that a lot of people don't ask their children what, how they want to do their education. And this isn't even something that I did or thought to do before the pandemic, um, especially because I didn't even have the space for it, right? I, I ran my own business. We had children. So it was kind of like, this, this is the option. <laughs> like, I'm going to run my business. If you are six years old or younger, you can come to my school. If you are six years old or older, you're going to go to school. And that was what it was. I've always wanted to homeschool, but that opportunity wasn't there. So when it comes to asking my children, I think that a lot of people probably don't like the idea of asking your children how they want to do their education or whether or not they want to homeschool. I think especially because it kind of sounds like, and to my husband, it sounds like, do you want to learn or not? (laughs) Do you want to go to school or not at all? And for me, that's not the question I'm asking them. I'm more so asking them how they want to educate themselves. In what space do they want to do that? And I'm also asking it because I have the bandwidth the tools, the resources, and the opportunity to accommodate either one. Um, One thing I also consider is last year, for instance, the anxiety of going to school. As an educator, I've learned a lot about how anxiety can affect your learning, right? And I hesitate to use the word anxiety because it's not something that everybody deals with. It's not something that every child deals with. And it sounds a little bit like a dramatic word. But I mean, just even little things like there are so many mental blocks that stand in the way of your child learning. And if you can't get over those mental blocks, it really doesn't matter what else is happening during the day. They could actually have the best teacher on earth. They could be receiving the best education. But if mentally, emotionally, they have these things that where their minds are more focused, they're not going to receive any of that. It's just going to be put in front of them. So for me, if I know that my children are worried about COVID and I know that every time someone sneezes in the classroom, they're going to get scared or every time someone coughs, they're going to be like, oh no, what does that mean? They're not in class thinking about the math equation on the board. They're in class worried about whether or not they're going to have to go home. So these are all kind of things I considered. And again, this is because I have the ability and opportunity to give them a choice, right? (laughs) So I don't know. I can't explain it better than that. I know it still probably sounds crazy, but my whole goal with my children is to really cultivate the whole person. And that was my goal as a preschool teacher also. It wasn't just about what can I teach them academically. It was how do I nurture the whole person, their gifts, their talents, their strengths, their challenges, how do I support them through that? And so when I make these kind of decisions, I do invite them to be a part of it. Because at the end of the day, even though I'm their mom, even though I may know more about life than them, they're always going to know themselves better than anyone else. And they're always going to know themselves better than I know themselves. And so when I'm making decision for them, I do want their input. And I, I actually believe my children that they know what, they're, what they want. You know, I, I feel like children are just tiny humans who understand and know what feels good for them and what feels best for them. And I think a lot of times we'll even run into situations where a child will say like, mom, I just don't get it this way. I I mean, even as an adult, I had this with my husband recently. 
we had a disagreement about something and he said, you know, Sharice, I can hear and I can understand how tiresome it can be to have to be with the children all day long. But when you say it to me like that, I can't process that. I don't understand it the way that you're saying it. And I need you to speak to me differently or I need you to say it differently so that I can understand it. And so it's the same thing with children and their learning. Sometimes they can tell us and they do tell us like, yeah, I know this is going on, but I don't get it the way that it's being given to me. So I take those things into consideration. So anyways, (laughs) this year, my children... Um, the three littles, I, it actually just started out the seven-year-old. She was like, I want to go to school. She's been looking forward to going to school since before the pandemic. You know, that year she was supposed to go to kindergarten next year. She was excited to be a big girl on the same campus as her sisters, excited to have her backpack and go back to school shopping. So she's kind of like been waiting for this moment. Um, what's, what's that Kelly Clarkson song? Moment like this. Some people wait a lifetime. Okay. Y'all gonna love my voice. Call me Sharon. Say please. (laughs) Um, but she has been waiting and she did choose homeschool the past couple of years, but she wanted and has been waiting to go to school and she was so excited about it. So we walked into the school started to enroll her, got all the paperwork. And while we're there, I kind of just asked them, like, do you guys have a program for for the four-year-olds? They said, yeah. And I said, well, is it the half-day program? Because I don't want to drive here three times a day. And they were like, no, this program for them is all day. It's from 8 to 2.30. And I said, okay, well, give me the information on it. And, you know, we'll see. And even before that, my son had kept telling me, mommy, I want to go to school. I want to go to real school. Now, my son threw some, some shade at me, y'all. <laughs> Like, you know, we've been doing pod schooling at the house and it's no longer in my actual school. We've just been at the house. So he says to me, no, mommy, I want to go to real school with desks and chairs. And I was like, "Uh, son, I feel offended. (laughs) Like, I hear you. But I think that was shade that you just threw at me. But I hear you. So he had said he wanted to go to real school. His sister Matilda was like, yeah, we want to go to real school. Now, I don't know if she actually wants to go or if she's just twinning with her brother because they're always going to tag team me on everything. So they both said they wanted to go. I wasn't quite sure about it. But the thing that made me really decide was not just them. They are four. So of course, their decisions might look more like, I want to go to school today. And then the next day be like, no, I want to school from home. Right. And I was concerned about that, of the changing of minds every two days. But for me, one of the biggest things that I thought about with the littles, and one of the biggest reasons that the littles are in school, in traditional school, while the older ones are homeschooling, is that I had to recognize my own bandwidth, capacity and abilities. And it is, I know there are people who homeschool children of various ages and some that homeschool 10 children. I know that people do that. I know it's possible. It is not the best option for me personally. (laughs) I can only do so much. And when I do something, I want to be able to do the best possible job at it. And so this is the part that I said when I was talking to a friend, it helped her because I had a mom friend who has a three-year-old son and the story and expectation that she has for herself and her son was that she was going to be able to homeschool him for at least five to six years and then send him to school when he was 
you know, really able to be articulate and tell her what happened at school today. And kind of she had already laid the five year foundation and felt more comfortable about it. But sometimes someone else can do the job better than us. Or sometimes we just don't want to. And the truth for me was that, yes, I have years experience creating curriculum, especially for preschoolers. And yes, I know how to cut things out and make days fun and creative. And I know five thousand children's songs that I can sing with them. But I didn't want to this year. Like I didn't want to do that. I'm tired. (laughs) I've been working in early education for 20 years. I've been singing songs for 20 years. And I did not want to have to structure my day where I had to figure out how to nurture and cultivate the twins and make sure that they still knew all the songs and were reading books and doing the crafts and practicing their writing. And also pair that with making sure that the girls were progressing now through middle school and that it just felt like a lot to me. And I had to ask myself, like, what can I do well? Like I could homeschool all six of them, but could I really do it well? Some of them are going to get a better version of a homeschool teacher mom. And some of them are kind of going to get like, uh, here, do this mom (laughs) and, and now go watch TV so I can focus with the other ones. And so for me, it was really like, what is best for everybody right now? They say they want to go to school and their teacher's sole focus is to educate four-year-olds. The seven-year-old wants to go to school and her teacher's sole focus is to educate seven-year-olds. The older girls want to homeschool. And for me, I remember what middle school was like for me. So this year I have two children in middle school. And I know some of y'all probably have great memories from middle school, my memories from middle school were not good. It's like the beginning of hormones, you're starting to get pimples. And for me, I also just had a lot of issues in the home life. But I recognize that for my children, like they, they feel more confident and more secure learning in the ways that work best for them. And so when, when they tell me that they don't want to go to middle school in particular, like, I guess that is part of me being like, yeah, screw middle school. It sucks. (laughs) Let's just stay home. But I also, you know, I see the patterns changing. Like my 12 year old, she goes to bed at one in the morning and she wakes up at 10 in the morning, which to some people looks very lazy. But, and I actually want to talk about this in a whole episode because I got to sit down with a doctor who told me all about circadian rhythms and how it does change. And y'all can literally Google like biological rhythms for children 12 through, I think it's like 12 through 22 years old. Their actual times that they are working and operating best. And schools will even say this. Like my my friend um, recently sent me over an article from LA Times saying, high schools and middle schools now recognize the need for children to sleep in later. So we're now starting school at 8.15, right? Like that. Okay. Thanks for trying schools. (laughs) That's not a lot later, but thanks for trying. Children learn better, obviously, when they're not tired, um, but their natural rhythms are later, right? Like school is better for them. They're going to retain information better. They're going to learn more when they are awake, when they're engaged, when they're refreshed. And for them, those hours are actually later in the day. And especially with preteens and teens, you have the added mix of hormones. And so you have these 
children that have like a little more attitudes and all of that good stuff. And you're going to get even more of that attitude when they have to push themselves farther than what what their bodies can actually do. So I don't know if that makes sense. But that's that was part of it for me, too, is that my children are older, their bodies are changing. I'm trying to honor their need for rest and honor when their brains work best and the fact that they have successfully homeschooled for two years and they do it well. And despite the regular what we hear about homeschool, like colleges actually really like homeschooled children, y'all. I don't know if you know this, <laughs> but they really like homeschooled children because homeschooled children are learning the skills of getting their work done independently, setting up their schedules and their time to discipline themselves to do their work on their own, essentially, right? Like, yes, they have me as a teacher, but they do have the opportunity to just turn on the TV when they want or sneak the TV on, right? Or they can just walk away and go outside if they want. And I think this is what a lot of us think with homeschooling. Like, well, how do we know they're actually learning? What if they're just watching TV all day? Or what if they're just playing all day? And yes, they obviously can do that, but they don't. And that's the amazing thing is like they don't and they get more time to actually play in the backyard if they want to, because they're not competing with 27 other students in the class to get a question answered or to be able to move on to the next problem. You know, my daughter who's in eighth grade, she's already doing uh, ninth grade math and testing well above ninth grade in reading and writing. And for her, our plan, here's something y'all probably don't know either. When your child turns 13 years old, you can actually enroll them in college classes. It's amazing. And you can do it online. There is something called Sophia.org. If that doesn't work, try Sophia.com. But it's Sophia, Sophia Learning. Um, a lot of the community colleges let children attend at 13, and they can even do the winter sessions. They can do the spring sessions. They can do the summer sessions. It's available online or in person. Um, and so these things, you know, you you can have a 13-year-old who is starting on their college classes if they're ready, if that's comfortable for them, and not just for the sake of bragging rights to be like, my child is doing this at 13 years old. I actually really, more so than my 12-year-old, intend for my 11-year-old to start these classes when she's 13. And that's because for her, she really doesn't like school at all. She doesn't like school. She's the one that does hair. If y'all follow me on Instagram, you've seen how amazing she is with braids, right? She does amazing braids and hair. And so for her, she has already decided, I want to do hair when I grow up. She has also decided she wants to be a millionaire. Praise the Lord. Buy me a house, please. Or don't. Whatever. I don't know. Take me on vacation at least. Please. Something. Um, but she wants to have a business and she wants to have a hair school where not, not only she does hair, but she teaches people how to do hair. Right. And I love this for her, but for her, she does not like school. And she's kind of like, why do people have to go to college? Do I have to go to college? Will that be a thing? So with her, I'm like, she might not end up going to college and I want to be okay with that. But as her mom, I hope to at least get her through like her general ed classes if possible, before she's 18, which is very possible, right? If we do this congruent high school college learning, she can at least have an associate's degree by the time she's 18 to pick or choose what she wants to do. Then if she wants to get her bachelor's, 
she only has two years to go. We've saved time. We've saved money. We've saved headache because now these classes she's taking, she only has to take them once. Like she doesn't have to take them in high school and in college now. She only has to take them in high school. Um, and th- these are literally for all of your general education classes. So I, I feel like I can stop there because I know that's amazing news for everybody. And I love to hear it because you pay less for the courses, you get more done faster. And then also when they're 18, like they can just focus on those upper division classes, which are typically the classes that we love, right? And that's typically the time that people in college are like, oh my God, I love school again <laughs> because they're taking all the classes that they're excited about. So yeah, th- think about that. Uh, I kind of went sidetracked there. Um, I wanted to talk a little bit also about general changes, right? Like my children are in school and I don't know if you know that. Well, I did say it earlier, but for me, the twins, this is the first time I have ever, ever in my life with six children. This is the first time that I have ever sent four-year-olds out to be in the world <laughs> with someone other than me, right? I had my preschool. All of my children went through my preschool. Several of my children did kindergarten with me. One of my children did first grade with me. And so these are the youngest kids that I've like handed over to someone else. And y'all, I was that mom. And they're not even letting moms on campus. But I did fill out my application online to be a LAUSD volunteer so that I can make my way into that classroom because I am that mom. (laughs) But that is what makes me comfortable is, and not just me, I do encourage you to do this as well, like developing relationships with your child's teacher and not just talking to them when something's wrong, not just buying them gifts here and there and schmoozing your way, but actually developing a relationship. Because when you have a relationship with the teacher, the teacher has a better relationship with the child and they are looking out for your children more. They are more connected to your children. And it's it's not a bias thing. It's just a connection thing. Like we talk so much on here about connection. So if your children are in regular school, traditional school, like make connections with their teachers. And if they're at home, make connections with your children. Like don't just spend all your time on academics. Use that time to get to know them and get to know what their gifts are. You know, I, like I said, one of my children, she's gifted at braiding and homeschool gives her the time to practice braiding more and focus on that um, as well as focusing on her academics. (laughs) But anything can be challenging when it doesn't feel good. And not all people learn the same way, right? Traditional school is not for everybody. Homeschool is not for everybody. Some children really need the structure. And I do think that my younger three need the structure of school. I think it's good for them. And by the way, y'all, they've been going to bed at like 7, 7.30 every night. So I I know it's good. (laughs) They come home, we connect, we spend time together, but they are out like before the sun is even all the way down getting that good sleep. And it's great for everybody. But when things are challenging for people, it takes the brain six times longer to get over a moment of challenge than when we experience a moment of success. It's like the brain registers it for a minute or 10 seconds, something like that, right? So we talk about like this dopamine reward system. Like we experience something good, our bodies and our brains hold on to it for a certain period of time. When we experience something bad, our bodies hold on to it for six times longer. So it kind of makes you think about 
how much good you need to balance out the bad. If you have one bad thing, you need like six good things to happen in your day. And so when I look at school, and especially for the 11 year old who's like, I don't like school, I'm like, well, then we need six things that you like to get you through this day and to get you through successfully. So for her, homeschooling is really beneficial because she does the challenging thing and she does the challenging things. You know what I mean? And they are challenging for her and she may not like them, but then she gets that stress break and she gets that release because she gets to go and do something that she's really good at and that she really loves and it balances it out. And rather than raising a child who ends up feeling like I'm not good at school, I don't like school, I'm not good at these things or I'm not smart, she's able to say like, okay, well, maybe reading isn't my strength, but I'm still strong because I have these other gifts. And because I'm strong and because I have these gifts, I can also try to focus on this thing that's challenging me and I can try to get through it. I know that some people look at me and they think that I am like an advocate either for homeschool or against traditional school. (laughs) I'm not either. I am an advocate for figuring out what is best for your children, what is best for you as the parent who has to manage these things, and then figuring out how to put them together. And I think a lot of times we just don't know what's out there. And so while I say that I'm homeschooling the older children right now, they are homeschooling, but through a chartered program. So last year we homeschooled through a private affidavit where I filed a private school affidavit for our house. Uh, This year they are actually in LAUSD as well as the younger children. They just have the homeschool option. And with that, they're a part of a charter school where the funds that would typically go to the school for the child being in the seats at the school, those funds go to us to use towards supplies, classes, enrichment. So if my children want to swim for PE, rather than the funds going to the school, the funds go to me so I can pay the pool for their swimming, right? I can pay for their swim classes because that's their PE. If I need to buy them books, for homeschooling, the funds will buy their books, so I'm not paying out of pocket. So I really love this program. It also satisfies both my need or my my need to do what's best for my children. It satisfies my children's need and want to homeschool, but it also satisfies my husband's need to know that they are on track and hitting their milestones because the school does still, it is still a part of LAUSD. So they do still do diagnostics and assessments and making sure that they are progressing and learning all of the standards, um, which is why I wasn't here last week because we were doing those start of the year diagnostics. Um, But we also do it like on our time. So there's less stress, right? I, I don't know if I've shared before, but it's experiences, right? Like your connection to a thing or a person is about the experiences that you have with them. If you have negative negative experiences with school, you're going to have a negative outlook and feeling towards school. If you have positive experiences with school, you're going to have a positive outlook about it, right? That sounds obvious, duh. But even when it comes to testing, most kids hate testing. They don't really like it. For my children, they did the testing, but they did not have to sit there on a Monday and do testing from eight to nine because that's when testing was. They had the option to do the test and the diagnostic over a week span of time. They could do it in 20 minute increments and take a break or 30 minute increments and take a break. So it just, it works for us. It works for us. It works for my husband. Um, 
it's just, it's working, y'all. <laughs> it's a transition and it's different, but it's working. And I want to share with you all the same resources that I've looked at that helped me figure out what track of school is best for my child, what resources are available to help my children, whether in traditional school or homeschooling, what resources are available for me as the parent. Um, so I am going to put those resources in my link tree. So if you follow me on Instagram at Cherie Sims, C-H-A-R-I-S-S-E-S-I-M as in Mary S. Um, you can just hit the link tree in my bio and I will have a list of those resources for you. How to homeschool, how to find resources, how to find funding, things like that. Don't get too excited. <laughs> I don't have all of the resources for you, but I will have some resources for you that I hope will help you. And if you want to hear a part two, let me know. Cause I didn't talk about everything I wanted to talk about. So maybe hopefully I can get to that. Um, but as always, I appreciate you guys. If you have not left a review, y'all, I told you the peak of my day was my son telling me he loved me to Starbucks. So I need that love from my podcast community as well. So go ahead and drop a review for me. Let me know what you think. Connect with me. And I look forward to seeing you all next week. Peace, everybody. Parenting for the Culture is executive produced by Cody and Tommy Oliver. Our senior producer is Crystal Hill. Art is by Koi Madison. Parenting for the Culture is a Black Love Podcast Network production.